Oh, excuse me. Can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Excuse me. Are you, are you all right? Yeah. No. It's a long story. But I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband? Have you heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Noah in the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in pairs. They stood by each other, side by side, just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, do you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage? Or does he give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be closer, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings? Or does he give them opportunities to love each other? A lot of people to serve. Enjoy. Stand together. Oh, excuse me. Can I get a... So, this beautiful clip is one of those things we have the most resistance to. Like, we prayed for patience, and then God gave us the opportunity to become patient. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. In fact, you've heard people say, don't ever pray for patience. It's like a dangerous prayer, but it's a great prayer. You pray for your family, and all of a sudden you discover that there are things that God is bringing in your life to give you an opportunity to get closer to each other. And I think that we heard it doesn't always come in warm, fuzzy feelings. Somebody knows, right? that there is this opportunity that God gives us and we are um, the recipients of mor the miraculous when we receive it the way that God is inviting us to receive it. So what are you praying for? And what opportunity is God giving? What door is God opening to answer that prayer? So let that question just stay with you today. What are you praying for? Who are you praying for? And then watch what the opportunities are that are coming your way that actually might not feel like you expected them to feel, but they indeed are a part of the answer to prayer. Let's read from Colossians together. So I guess I'm not hooked up. All right. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful, excellent. I'll read to you. Awesome. This is an opportunity. Did I pray for patience? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And at the same time, 
pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Be wise when you engage with those outside the faith community. Make the most of every opportunity, every moment and every encounter. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So what are you praying for? And what opportunity is God giving for your words to be seasoned with salt? That a door would be open for you to share about the mystery of Christ. Who are you praying for? And how is God opening doors for you to answer that prayer? Let's read again in Acts 14. On arrival, they got the church together and reported on their trip telling in detail how God used them to throw the door of faith wide open so people of all nations could come streaming in. And then they settled down for a long, leisurely visit with the disciples. One other version says that they preached until the wee hours of the morning. Right? So you guys ready for a long, leisurely time with some disciples? That when we come together, we're coming to say, here are the opportunities that God brought to me this week. Here are the ways that God opened a door for me. Here are the ways God gave me to actually share the word. You know, we're not all going to be Jaquiel getting up rapping to preach the word and say, God gave me an opportunity to preach about my faith in God. But God does have an opportunity for you. Your life is an opportunity. Your life is always an opportunity. In fact, you know, when we start to wonder, you know, God... um, Why can't I do that? We are not paying attention to the very life that God has given us. God has given you all that you need for the life that you have to give the words that God has given you to give. And yet we're not always aware of that opportunity. I don't think I could repeat that if I tried, but it was good. I hope it's on tape. I think it was the Holy Spirit. Because here's the reality. I remember, um, do you guys mind standing for a minute longer? If you can't physically, you're, you're allowed to sit, but I'd love for you to stay up for another couple minutes. I was, um, it was 30, maybe four and a half years ago. And uh, a friend of our family, Mary Lou, was dying of cancer. And, and I had really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to fast and pray for Mary Lou that day. God just said to me, I want you to fast and pray for Mary Lou. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. I was so excited because I, I felt that, you know, you know that prompting when there's an opportunity for you to participate in something God's doing and you don't know what it is, but you know God's inviting you. So, okay, yep, I'm going to do that. And then I started to feed Sarah breakfast. She was an infant. And, you know, I made her eggs and I was going to feed her the eggs and I wanted to test the temperature. So I put it up to my lip and then I found myself eating the eggs. So the fasting and prayer for Mary Lou like went right out the window. And I said to God, okay, God, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll fast and pray for Mary Lou tomorrow. At 6 o'clock that evening, I got a phone call that Mary Lou had gone home to be with the Lord. And I got to tell you, when Scott came home that day, I was weeping. I I said to him, these were my very words in my own little 22-and-a-half, 23-year-old self. I said, I killed Mary Lou. And... Scott started laughing. I'm weeping. He started laughing. He said, Claire, 
what are you saying? I said, well, God told me to fast and pray, and I didn't, and she died today. And he said, Claire, you know, I appreciate your heart, but do you think God's a little bit bigger than disobedient kids? Do you think that maybe God had an opportunity for you to learn something? He knew you were going to eat. He knew you were going to fail. And God loves you. And so I bet God could have gotten somebody in Zimbabwe to fast and pray for Mary Lou if that was what was needed. Because God is going to get what God wants done, but you missed the opportunity. And I was, I, I was shocked and amazed and grateful for those wise words. And I have to tell you, when I've been prompted to fast and pray for somebody, uh, I typically do it. And then when I don't, and I realize I accidentally ate the egg, I immediately repent and start again. Can I have a mulligan, Jesus? Right? We need to know that there are opportunities placed before us all the time. And sometimes we miss it. And sometimes we get it. And God is always bigger than that. It's a wonderful story about a little girl. She was listening to the pastor preach, and the pastor said that God is bigger than everybody. And she was like, oh, that's really cool. And then he said, and God lives in you. And she got really confused. And on the way home, she said to her mom, okay, is God bigger than us, or does God live in us? Because if God is bigger than us and God lives in us, then when people look at me, all they should see is God. And her mom said, yeah, that's right but we don't always take that opportunity. So I want to just say this morning that we have all missed opportunities and we all have the opportunity this morning to get it. One more scripture together. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me and there are many adversaries. You can be seated. So Paul had waited many years, uh, actually, to be able to preach in Ephesus. He's writing this letter to the Corinthians, and he had been working really hard because the gospel was now open to all nations. Can you guys say all nations? This was not a Jewish gospel. This was a gospel for all nations. And Paul had been waiting for the opportunity to be able to reach people. And in this passage right here, he said, there's been a wide door for effective work open, but there are what? You ever notice that? Like when an opportunity opens up, what else shows up? Anybody live in the same world I do? Like with every good thing that's ever come through you, you've had to fight through some stuff to get there. Amen? Right? I mean, if you finished high school, if you finished college, if you've been married longer than a minute, you know, if a good door has been opened to you, you will also face adversaries. Can I get an amen? amen? It's true. It is true. And I don't want to waste my life on freaking out about adversaries. It's just the deal. If I'm going to walk through any good door, if I'm going to start a business, if I'm going to stay in a relationship, if I'm going to end a relationship that's bad for me, whatever it is, if a door is opening, I'm going to face some opposition. 
right? Opportunity and opposition go together like peanut butter and jelly. They just do. But one of the things, you know, I I wrote on Facebook as I was thinking about the message this week, I said, don't waste an opportunity. Every opportunity has opposition. And some would say new levels, new devils. You know what I'm talking about? Like anytime God is giving you more, you are going to face other things that are hard. So some would say new levels, new devils, but I'm noticing new assignments bring new angels. Amen? I'm more happy about that than new levels, new devils. I am more happy about the fact that a third of the angels fell, but two-thirds stayed in heaven, people. And then there's a great company of saints now, right? This great cloud of witnesses. When I think about it, I sang this morning with the angels. I loved that song, whatever it was that we were singing. Sang with angels. I'm picturing my dad worshiping, picturing my son worshiping, picturing my nephew worshiping. I'm thinking, I got a cloud right here. There is a cloud that is surrounding me. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. You're surrounded by God. And with every opportunity that is here, there is also opposition. And so if we want to say, you know, I'm noticing new assignments and new angels, it makes the devil of no consequence. Come on. That's what, I mean, you all should be saying good word. Right? If we get it, we would not be paying so much attention to the opposition. And we just say, oh my gosh, look what God is doing. Look what God is doing. I prayed for patience. And look, I have an opportunity to grow in patience. You know? And, and I, know that's, I know that's otherworldly. I know it's not human to be thanking God for, for opposition. But if we'd get a grip on that... If we would start to get that grip, we would see our opposition as an opportunity to grow. So opportunity is knocking, but are you in bed having a pity party with your opponents or your opposition? Maybe once or twice I've done that. Maybe once or twice I've poured a cup of coffee for my opposition and sat there in my own pity party. But I got to tell you, it's not how I want it. When opportunity is knocking, when God is saying, I'm opening something for you, I want to go through the door. Amen? Amen? Ephesians, let's read this together. Be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. For doing good. Do you know why I don't argue about politics on social media? Even when people, when I pay something that I mean not to be political at all. I'm just trying to be a Christian. And then somebody will, like a hater will show up. A hater will show up and say something. I just want to say, God bless you and keep you and God make his face shine upon you and give you grace. I'm not getting in an argument. I'm I'm not going to. These are evil days, my friend. And the evil one would like nothing more than to make you a hater too. Don't be a hater. Just love God, love people, and let God separate the wheat from the chaff. It's not your job. Right? Amen? Aren't you glad that the angels are the ones that bundle it up? And all we're supposed to do is look at the Lord of the harvest and be ready, be careful, not be foolish, be wise, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand. Isn't that a wonderful word? Just try to understand. It doesn't mean you're going to get it every time. Just try to understand. Right? 
Rather than trying to make you understand me, I want to try to understand you. And, and there's something really wonderful about that. Then we get what the Lord wants us to do. I think if we just humble ourselves and say, I'm just going to try to understand, rather than trying to force my position, I'm just going to try to understand, and then God will show me what to do. God will make an opportunity for me that I could not do for myself. You know Moses, right? Moses, the greatest leader in the Old Testament. Moses, the pastor of the biggest church ever. Moses, I mean, the, the guy in the wilderness. But, but first, before he's the guy in the wilderness leading the people of God, he is the one who disobeys God. He is the one who takes matters in his own hands and does things in ways that he did not seize the opportunity God wanted him to. And so he ends up in this position where, because here, I don't even want you to look at that yet. He, he is in the desert, the backside of the desert, after 40 years in the palace and 40 years in the backside of the desert, and God is now showing up wanting him to do something. Is anybody under 80 years old today? Excellent. You're all in on this story, so don't check out. Anybody under 120 this morning? Yeah, because that's when Moses finished his job. So you're all in it. You're all up in it. And any time we are listening to the opportunity that God has for us, there is something coming that we had no idea, even if we've been disobedient for 80 years. I think it's really interesting that Moses, you know, he is in the desert and he has a rod because he's become a shepherd, even though from the beginning of time, God had an idea. Oh, I shut it on purpose. You did? I did. Okay. Just want to make sure. Can everybody thank God for Ron? He's got my back. Here, Ron, I'll open it just so that you... Anyway, you might have to come back, Ron. So Moses, um, in Exodus chapter 4, he's having this argument with God about why he can't be the man God wants him to be. Like, God, I can't do that. God, I, I have a brother who can speak. I can't speak. I'm not going to be a speaker. God, I, you know what I did. I murdered Egyptians. You want me to go hang with, with you know, the Pharaoh and tell him that I'm your person for the job? How many of you have ever argued with God when God said, I'd like you to say something or do something? I'd like you to speak the truth. I'd like you to offer your service. I'd like you to show up for me. I'd like you to take the heat. I'd like you to do something dangerous. I'd like you to take a risk. Anybody, right? And so God knows that you're going to argue with him, but God is so good. Look at what he says to Moses. Then Moses answered him and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, come on, say it with me. What is that in your hand? And he says, a rod. So he's got this rod, right? He's been out there shepherding for a while. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. I mean, God's talking to Moses. God tells Moses, throw it down. He sees a snake, and he runs. Have you ever run from your own life? Have you ever wanted to run away from your own life? I have told my kids, I am running away. I, I mean, have you ever wanted to run away from your own life, like your own circumstances, your own tools? You know, um, I, I've just, people, when they get to the end of their rope and they just say, look, I'm hanging up my hammer, I'm hanging up my 
preaching, you know, my preacher's guide. I'm, I'm hanging up my engineering tools. I'm, I'm hanging up my, my hoe. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what you do for a living, but I do know there are days you just want to say, I'm hanging it up. I am hanging it up. I, I do not want to do that. But look at this. He says, then the Lord says to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Can you guys say, take it by the tail? Oh, come on. That's a good word. Take it by the tail, friends. Come on, take it by the tail. And so he says, take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand. Isn't that fascinating? Take it by the tail. I cannot tell you, last month was like the, the best of times and the most oppositional of times. It was like opportunity galore and, and opposition galore. Last month was filled with, you know, um, things like... Um, Right here at, uh, at, at Crossroads, um, you know, we were invited to go speak on courage before Homeland Security, FBI, doctors, professors, um, speak on courage. And, of course, all I have is, you know, God. And these people have stories about their courage that I can't match and, and we're being asked to speak on courage. So, you know, the words, as I'm, as I'm looking at the people that I'm looking at, like from the attorney general's office, and I, I just, I, I said, only you, God. I had to take it by the tail, my friends, because that thing was freaking me out. There were so many good things that were happening. I mean, Scott and I finished our revisions for our book and turned it in. And they said, all you're going to have to do is now look at the copy edit in, in August. And, and I got to tell you, that was a take it by the tail last year, just, just so you know. It was a take it by the tail year. We actually, at Crossroads, you know what happened to us here? We had a chief strategy officer from a hospital who retired and came to Scott and I and said, I'd like to volunteer um, to work for you for the next three months to help you strategize for the next coming ministry year for no money. And, and Scott and I just kind of looked at each other and we went, okay. And then, you know, you got to take that by the tail because this person who's a strategy officer and has done it all over the country is going to sit in our little staff meeting here at Crossroads Church. And, and he's going to get to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly and tell us, you know, here, here is what you could be doing to reach more people for Jesus because he loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. He goes to church here. He loves Jesus. And, and I say to myself, we got to take it by the tail. we got to face into what's scary, right? I, I think that when you look at what happened last month, there are people in our family and people, my closest friends and family, went through the hardest moments of their life. We wept with friends. We wept with family. We, had, we lived through some of the most... Um, I mean, sleepless nights of anguished prayer that you can imagine. And all this is happening in the same month. Opposition, opportunity. And I love what T.D. Jake says. He says, you know what? As God opens doors for you, the haters are going to open up too. So just watch for that. Just watch for that. Whenever God, if you are willing to walk through doors for God, just expect people to say bad stuff about you or don't sign up. Because when you stand with God and for God and you're willing to walk, you're willing to take it by the tail, you know, you get it all. 
opposition and opportunity. Thanks be to God, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. So I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. See, Mary Lou, I missed that window of opportunity there. And I don't want to miss windows of opportunity. I'm getting older. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, want, to, I want to be seizing the tail. I want to be taking it by the tail. I love what Scott Lorridge said this week. He said, we have young people opportunities in these older bodies, and it calls for greater discipline. And we were looking at each other this week. We're like, okay, really? It's, yep, we got to walk every day. We did this thing. We walked up these steps, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of steps and down these steps to get to Olive Beach. Don't ever go there if you have a heart condition. I'm just telling you. Because we were walking, we didn't mean to do it. We thought we were going to the beach on the 4th of July. And we ended up on these steps. And then we looked at each other. We said, we are so out of shape. Actually, he's in so much better shape than me. But I mean, I was, I was sweating profusely. You know, it was, it was unbelievable. And so young people opportunities in the older, in, you know, in older bodies calls for greater discipline. So when you have an opportunity, it might mean that you've got to start living different in order to be able to live into that opportunity. Amen? Come on. I mean, Hebrews says it, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And I, I want to tell you, you know, Scott, last month, while we were in the midst of the best opportunities and the most difficult opportunities, I mean, we're speaking at a retirement party like after the senator. The senator spoke. There were four speakers. We're after the I mean, it was ridiculous. Oh, no, actually, I was before the senator. But we couldn't, we were like, how did we get here? And then we were grieving with people who were living through difficult things. And Scott said, this is what that's about. And you know, the Christian life, you got to be able to hold both opposition and opportunity together and not quit. You got to be able to say, I'm not turning my rod in. I'm just not. I'm not turning my rod in. Though everybody forsake me, I shall not turn my rod in. Right? I, I belong to Jesus. I work for God. I, and, and so, though none go with me, sing it. Still I will follow, right? I mean, there is this call for you to walk with God. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And if you think, you know what? Well, Claire, my life just isn't that important. You don't know who you are. You don't have no idea. You are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Do you know that? This is who you are. I mean, when Jesus looks in the mirror, this is it, my friends. Jesus looks in the mirror, he sees you. And, and this opportunity, you know, what have you been praying for? And what opportunity is God giving? What door is opening to that answered prayer? And are you willing to hold the paradox of both opportunity and opposition at the same time? Like, this is hard, I'm doing it anyway. Right? And, and by the way, you do know you need to know who you are. You need to know who you are. Otherwise, you'll believe what other people say you are. And trust me, if I could 
pipe in what you're thinking about me right now up, up through the, some of it's nice, some of it's not, right? If, if, if there was a screen that followed you around, right, that actually said what you were thinking about your, your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your friend while you're sitting next to them, you might not have them in your life anymore, Because the truth is, there are all kinds of things people think about you and say about you. You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. And then watch your opportunities because the the opportunity to question who you are, like, I don't even know who I am anymore. They're saying this, they're saying that. This is, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not useful to God. I'm not important. You are an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny. In God's great universe, don't settle for anything less. This is who you are. You were made for eternity. And remember, this is training for reigning. You are being trained for what you will do for the rest of eternity. And and God, trust me, we're not just going to walk around heaven all day picking posies and playing harps. There is work to do in the heavenly city. You don't know who you'll be dispatched to. Remember when Moses and Elijah showed up for Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration? I mean, you don't know who you're going to get dispatched to. Even after this place, you are being trained for eternal destiny. And so you got to be able to take it by the tail. Got to be able to pick it up, what God's throwing down. You got to be able to say yes to what God is inviting you to do, the opportunity. And say when opposition comes, just say, okay, God, I know that this is a part of what I've been praying for. I don't want to waste my life. So whoever lives next to me, whoever sits in the next cubicle next to me, whoever is wielding the hammer next to me, whoever is driving next to me in Walmart behind me, I don't want to waste my life. Let's stand together. So, how many of you have ever failed to seize an opportunity? Just join my club. And sometimes you've been able to walk through great doors of opportunity. But today is the day. Just say, God, I want to take it by the tail. Or, I want to start praying for an opportunity. I want to start praying for an opportunity. You know, God, I want to pray for an opportunity. You know, that's good to pray that. Even though Moses blew it by killing the Egyptian, it really was a prayer. I want the people to be set free, right? It was the wrong way, but it was what his heart was longing for. So together, I just want to pray with you however you pray whether you lift hands or fold hands or put your hand on your heart or want to kneel down before God and say, God, I don't want to waste my life. I, I'm under 80. I'm under 120. I have life to live. If you could call Moses at the backside of a desert when he was running from the call on his life to be your person for the moment, then certainly you you can take anything I've done, every missed opportunity and cause your kingdom to come. I want to make the most of my time. 
God, please let us make the most of our time. And please don't let us berate ourselves and listen to the things people have said about us or even that we've said, oh, I missed my opportunity. Sometimes the worst part of it is our own self-talk. I've missed my opportunity, nothing left for me. If you have breath in your body, God has a plan for you. Remember, Ruth and Naomi, both were widowed. God had a plan for their lives. Remember the woman with the issue of blood when she stopped talking about spending all her money on doctors and said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, that opportunity for her to be healed and to be a person for God happened. We don't want to waste our lives, God. We don't want to waste, we don't want to waste any opportunity, whether we're facing difficulty physically, emotionally, financially, relationally. We don't want to waste an opportunity because we know even um, when it looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. So God, open up the eyes of every person in this room to see that they are surrounded by you, that they would not fight battles with words or fists or disappearing acts but that we would take it by the tail, that we would say, God, if I have opposition, I know there's opportunity here. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And open up our eyes to see that. Open up our eyes to see that you are for us and that you have opportunity awaiting. That with every moment, every relationship we have, that you're making it possible, God, for prayers to be answered. That we wouldn't look at the opposition, but we would look at what you're doing in it. If we're praying for patience, that you're actually using this as an opportunity to develop patience. We're praying for our family, and it looks like we're surrounded. Let us see that we're surrounded by you. I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. And teach us to fight our battles this way. I'm surrounded, but I'm Teach us to fight our battles with praise. that they go out surrounded. Christ before them, Christ behind them, Christ within them, Christ to guide them. Amen. Have a beautiful week, everybody. See you next week.